and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, and joining me is Joey Boudreaux, and this is episode two. So exciting times. We made it through our first podcast together. We did, Lori. It was a fun time. moments, yeah, but we made it through. We got some great feedback, so we like that. What we're trying to do is educate talk. We want you to make an educated decision about organ donation. Um, On this second episode, we have lots happening, so let's get to it. In the news, a new place of serenity for our donor families. And in the recovery segment, we'll talk a little bit about some of the hospital donor awareness initiatives. Yeah, we'll tackle myths. Do you rule yourself out? Man, I hope not. And in our community segment, college kids making a difference. Love to hear that. Technology, there's an app for that, Joey. We'll discuss. And then, of course, in our final segment, as always, we will be honoring a hero. Yeah, a little inspiration for you here. We'll also be taking your questions and so much more here on the Gifted Life Podcast, Episode 2. It is time for news here on the Gifted Life. Uh, I do want to talk about one of the new volunteers that has come forward. It's the mother of a little baby. Baby was born in December 2014, so just a little tiny tyke. And as we speak, I have pulled up um, his little picture. His name is Briggs. Adorable little guy. See him here? He is cute. And wrapped in green, blue and green, those are our colors, and we hope that you wear them proudly as well. Um, But doctors say that Briggs is pretty sick, um, that he will need a liver transplant by the time he turns one. Um, They are doing some procedures to um, lengthen his life until we can get to that point. They're trying to get him stable, beef him up, uh, many hospital visits. But mom has said that joining our Lopa family, she has found comfort Um, She has found folks who have made it down that road before. In um, our first episode, we talked to Blaine McRae. His little boy was Smith. Same thing. They suffered from a liver disease, biliary atresia. And um, Smith is now a happy, healthy, normal six-year-old. And so um, Briggs' mom, Brittany, finds solace talking to that family. Um, so we love that. We invite her with open arms. She wants to tell Briggs' story, and we do too. And that's one of the things that we're focusing on, trying to save lives like little Briggs. Yes. We hear about this so often. Yes. For her, you know, being part of our family and seeing that there are others who have been in the same shoes that she's in right now, who've been successful, such as Little Smith that was in our first podcast. So, and we're in, we're confident by getting the word out that we're going to have more people say yes, and we will help baby Briggs just like we did with baby Smith. And talking to um, Briggs's mom and Smith's family, um, they say it's so hard because somebody has to give you that gift of life. And so at this point, they're not hoping for death, that right. death happen with or without donation. And they are hoping that um, if somebody is faced with that decision, that they will choose donation, that they know enough about donation to say yes, an educated decision. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. And we certainly welcome Brittany into our family, into our Lopa family, you know, as we do Baby Briggs. And just as with Baby Smith just a few years ago, for them to know that there are others that who have went through that same difficult time that they're going to, that same path, and come out successful. So it's certainly something, you know, we want to, of course, get the word out because they don't want another family to, to have to go through what they're going through. Just about 
if a family was faced with that decision, that they do say yes and that a, a legacy is left because one yes can save up to nine lives. And Brittany said she now has hope. She has information. And um, we see that through the other volunteers that she's met with. And they have these positive stories from these different hospitals, the places that they frequent so often when you have someone who's so sick. And fortunately, these hospitals team with us to help save lives. Like in Lafayette, you were there. There is a new place of serenity, hope, peace that people like Brittany, Smith's mom, where they can go and spend time. Like you said, we've partnered up with Lafayette Journal. It's one of our larger, you know, one of the larger hospitals in the state. And they do a lot of work for promoting Donate Life, you know, promoting donor awareness. And one of the things that they did you know, was create a place of serenity for families, not just families who are, who, who their loved ones are donating organs, but, but just the families who are in need, you know, who maybe have a, a loved one that's in the ICU or in on one of the medical or surgery floors. And it's, it's obviously a stressful place for, for me, someone who's worked in the hospital. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I could go into a hospital and not feel uneasy, but obviously if you've, if you're in under duress with a loved one who's sick, ill, who's in these cases very critically ill, to be able to have a place to, to, to just to step outside and get away. And what they've done, they've created a little courtyard mm -hmm. of pavers and benches. And then, of course, mm -hmm. right in the middle, they have a, a Donate Life flag that they have hanging at all times. I think if you visit our website, you can see these beautiful it pictures. Is. It's so nice. Beautiful. I was fortunate enough to, to be there when they unveiled it, and it, it really took my breath away. Mm -hmm. There were a couple of donor families who spoke there, and of course a lot of the staff there. But I can't express the appreciation mm -hmm. that we at LOPA and also, you know, those donor families had for, for them providing that for others who, unfortunately, who do go through times, you know, difficult times in the hospital, to be able to have that moment of solace, mm -hmm. basically, an environment that's that's, you know, not in the hustle and bustle of that ICU setting or under the bright lights, you know, uh, the fluorescent lights of a hospital. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it was really, really nice and, and really appreciated. And one of our, our donor moms um, called me on the phone and said, you know, we're here for tests and those kinds of things, and that is stressful in itself. Um, but I think there's a, a LOPA event going on, and she said, I just want to take time and pause to honor that donor. Um, so we love that our hospitals do that, that they take the time to honor those donors, people who save lives, leave a legacy. And that's what this podcast is all about, uh, spreading awareness and making you more aware and arming you with the facts and the information that you need to make life happen. the Gifted Life Podcast. I'm Lori, this is Joey, and we have reached the recovery segment. As we said, we try to educate and inform. Um, one of the ways that we do that is through our many partners across the state. We have wonderful champions of donation, uh, shall we say, inside those hospitals who help to make organ donor awareness uh, more visible. And as we spoke about, you know, earlier with, with La Plaza V at Lafayette General, there are other hospitals, many other hospitals throughout the state who are doing tons of things to promote donor awareness. And earlier I was able to speak to Sean Paul, you know, about some of those, 
initiatives that have taken place. Sean Paul Harrison is a uh, physician and donation specialist, and he's kind of at the forefront of helping hospitals with these initiatives and trying to promote as much as we can for more families to say yes. Joining us on, on the line now is Sean Paul Harrison. He is the physician and donation specialist for LOPA. Hey, Sean Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Lori and Joey. Hi. Hey, we we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the hospital donor awareness initiatives, but actually on our last segment, we were just talking about La Plaza V at Lafayette General, and it was in one of the uh, events that you and I were both, we both had the opportunity to be there during the unveiling. Uh, and I, What did you think about the uh, ceremony? Uh, the ceremony itself, I mean, it was beautiful. Um, I mean, there's really not a lot of words to express the the area itself and, and what it represents, but uh, it's it's wonderful. It's, it was a, a beautiful gift that was given by Lafayette General, and it just shows the partnership that we have and uh, the way that we can honor these families. Yeah, it's a, just a place of hope and peace, and I'm just so in love with our partners and the passion that they show. Just another opportunity to spread awareness. Definitely. And there are so many hospitals out there who are, who are doing so much to raise awareness uh, for, for organ donation and, and donate life. Uh, so, Sean Paul, uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about some of the other initiatives that are taking place at the hospitals? Yeah, Joe, there's a lot of things that are going on. You know, April is a very, very exciting time. It's a very busy time because it starts April Donor Awareness Month. And although we do things throughout the state, you know, throughout the year, April always brings an exciting thing. We have a lot of new things going on. So we're doing, you know, flag racing ceremonies, butterfly releases. We're doing donor wall dedications and reveals. And we're just doing a number of different things outside to, to celebrate the heroes, the donor families, and all the lives that are saved. And there's so many things that are going on. Um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful way to stay on track with these things. If you ever want to be a part of them is to go to our calendar of events at www.lopa.org and uh, also call, you know, the 800 number to get additional information. And you know what I love at all of these events, we have donor families, we have recipient families, we have those who are waiting, we have the hospital staff, those lifesavers, and they all take something away from this. They are so powerful. Um, it, it's just amazing and really inspiring to be a part of it. It is. It really is, Lori. And it, and it truly is about those heroes, you know, their loved ones who have left a legacy for, for others to be able to live, you know, even though there was tragedy that took place in their life, but, but to be able to give that gift of life and have someone else be able to live on. And it's all encompassed in these donor awareness initiatives. You know, as you said, having the, the donor families there and then having, you know, the recipients, but everyone there truly to honor those heroes. You know, I, you know both of you all hit, hit on exactly what these things are all about. And if there's one word that I could sum it up in, and it was actually given to me or, or stated to me from a donor mom, that these things are healing. It's, it's a way for them to, to celebrate, but it's a way for them to heal. One of the things that has always stuck out to me was, you know, uh, a donor mom had said that one of the biggest fears that, do, that donor families have is that their loved one will be forgotten. And this is a way for them to never be forgotten and, and know the impact that they have, not only on the lives that are saved, but, the you know, to everyone in our community. So it's just so wonderful, and, and we're blessed to be a part of it. So Absolutely. beautiful and so true. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, Sean Paul, uh, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was truly a pleasure to be here with you all.
And uh, we'd like to thank Sean Paul Harrison for taking the time as well to join us on the Gifted Life podcast. Uh, One of our goals is to educate, to inform. I'm out in the community. We have lots of questions. Um, One of the misconceptions is if I have a heart on my license, if I say yes to donation, I will become an organ donor. On our first episode, we talked about brain death, one of the ways you can become a donor. Now we're going to inform you on another way that you can become a donor because not everyone will be able to be an organ donor. Yes, Lori. And in the first episode, we talked a lot about brain death and, and that basically 2 to 3% of the population dies of brain death. You know, but there are, uh, there's another large portion of the population that suffers a brain injury, same way that I described in a previous episode if somebody might have a, you know, a, a car accident or a motorcycle accident or or maybe even a stroke, where they are nearly brain dead. They're fighting for their lives, but they're in a coma state. You know, and this is one of those unfortunate states that they won't actually improve, but they might just live in that persistent vegetative state. And this is totally different than brain death, as this we discussed in episode this one. Is Correct. This, is, this is a coma, and unfortunately, this is such a deep coma that, that it's not a reversible state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that family... Or, or that person may have already made the decision that they don't want to live in that coma state, in that persistent vegetative state, and that family decides to withdraw support. Those families also have the opportunity to donate organs. In fact, it was the first way that organ donation took place back in the, in the early times of donation, prior to 1968, when before brain death was established. Once the circulation ceased, mm-hmm. then they would go in and, and recover the organs shortly after. And on, on these patients, if that patient would pass on within two hours, 120 minutes, they could potentially become organ donors. About 10% of our organ donors are these DCD donors, is what we call them, donation after circulatory death donors. So it's still another another way. And actually, it went out of, it went kind of out of the norm and was brought back by a donor family in the early 90s that said, well, I don't understand why. Why can't my loved one be a donor? And they pushed on and pushed on, and then it became you know, one of the national initiatives to increase donation, organ donation, through DCD mm-hmm. because of this family's push. So since then, we started again in Louisiana in 2001 and have since increased our donation rate by up to 10% in most years. You know, so it's a, we can save a lot more lives through this type of donation, and we can offer a lot more families that legacy for their loved one to live on through others. Yeah, so DCD or donation after cardiac death um, is an option, and that's why we encourage families to talk about this ahead of time. There's a lot going on if you're in the hospital and you have to make these decisions because there's so much to learn. We focus on education here in Louisiana. We think that's working. 2.2 million people have signed up to say yes. We're trying to reach the other half of the population. We appreciate you listening. We're here to inform. Um, If you have any questions uh, of what Joey just kind of went over, info at lopa.org, we're happy to answer. We want to enlighten. We want you to make an educated decision. That's why we're here. This is The Gifted Life, and we will continue. All right.
tonight we are uh, Lori and Joey, and we are with the Gifted Life podcast, and we are about to tackle a myth that we hear often. I'm out in the community. I'm talking to uh, community groups, schools, um, health fairs, etc. One of the things I hear a lot, Joey, no one would want my organs. I'm on this kind of medication. I'm a diabetic. I can't give blood, so I can't be an organ donor. Those kinds of things. And I always say, please don't rule yourself out. There are doctors who know a whole lot more than I do, right? So um, at that time, let that decision be made by by people in the know. So don't take yourself out. Right. Well, actually, I get that quite often myself. I even, I've gotten that from friends and family. Say, oh, no, nobody would want my organs. I'm too old. Or I have hepatitis or, or this or that. And the fact is that not one infection or one disease process can, can rule someone out. We, we do an extensive evaluation when that time comes. And, and we do it when that time comes, obviously. Things change over time. Some people say, well, I had this type of hepatitis. I ate shellfish or whatever when I was younger. And, and it could have been something that was more temporary. <laughs> and your liver, especially, is very resilient. Some people, especially here in Louisiana, oh, I know I drink. And even alcohol, to, to an extent, of course doesn't rule anyone out because your liver can regenerate. The cells can regenerate. So even someone who's older. It's pretty amazing in itself. Yeah. So even someone who's in their 70s and, and even from time to time in their 80s, they can potentially be a donor because your liver doesn't age chronologically. It doesn't age like we do. It ages basically depend on how much it regenerates, but then, you know, also how much damage that you do. So what we do, we do those evaluations. We can do things like biopsies or ultrasounds and lots and lots of lab work when that time comes mm-hmm. to make that determination because right. there's no there's no one thing, like I said, that will say, okay, well, I have diabetes. There's mm-hmm. no one infection, one process that causes someone not to be a donor. Yeah. So certainly don't take yourself off of the, of the registry because you've got diabetes or because you've got even kidney disease or anything like that because there are other organs potentially that you can donate and save lives through. Yeah, we've squashed that myth. Yes, we I have. like it. Yes. All right. So that myth and others, um, you know, you can learn the facts instead of the myths. DonateLifeLA.org. It's a one-stop shop. While you're there, you can also sign up to be a donor if you had taken yourself off and then you just heard Joe explain why you should be on that list. So DonateLifeLA.org. Keep that in mind. It's really easy. Um, Won't take a lot of time. But man, it'll do a lot of good for a lot of people. Yes. Remember, one yes can save nine lives. I love it. All right, I'm Lori, this is Joey, and this is the Gifted Life Podcast. We always love to mention our partners, the people who are helping us spread awareness about organ, eye, and tissue donation, helping us save those lives. At LSU, we have a great advocate, a champion, we call her. Um, She's a PR marketing professor. Her name is Dr. Jinx Broussard. Love that name, hard to forget, right? She really pushes her students, which I love. The students sometimes, you know, you're not sure at the time, Um, but those students have to adopt a cause like organ donation and work on a campaign throughout their final semester. Uh, It's an amazing program. The results are outstanding. Um, One of the go-getters that was um, in the class, her name is Ashley Procuna. She joins us now um, by phone. Ashley, I am so pleased to talk with you because you and your crew did so much for organ donation. Thank you for joining us. Joey, this is just going to be amazing. Thank you, Ashley, for joining us as well. Okay, so your crew 
was named what? Uh, we were the Magnolia Media Group. Magnolia Media Group. So they kind of set up like um, an advertising firm or company, right? Yes, exactly like that. Okay, and so Dr. Jinks tells you what, kind of what's the setup um, for when you guys are teamed with someone like Lopa? Well, we have to go through an entire public relations campaign, and that begins with research, and she kind of gives you full reign where you can go in whatever direction you feel is right. So we started with research, and then after research, we uh, did some goal setting, kind of where we wanted to be at the end of the campaign and what we wanted to accomplish. After we set our goals, we moved on to doing some planning. How were we going to reach our goals? After that was evaluation and then stewardship. All right, so this is like a real job on top of your regular jobs, uh, your internships, and classwork. So so we appreciate the extra work. Now, you guys um, focused on minorities during your campaign. Let's talk about that and some of the work that you did. Yes, which of minorities is our main public? Because when we looked at the numbers, uh, only 25% of registered donors are minorities in the Baton Rouge area, when actually 59% are on the waiting list in Louisiana. And so that was a big discrepancy that we thought really needed to be addressed. Yeah, a need that we wanted to fill. One of the things that you guys did that I thought was really cool, it was a first-time thing in this area, was that you teamed um, with a crew that had bus benches that were out there that were, like, begging for information to be put on them. And so you filled that yeah. need. Yes, we did. It was really great sitting down and designing the bunch benches uh, because, you know, I've been working in the advertising world for a while, and I thought it was a great opportunity to design something that I had, and it was also really great doing something that hadn't been done before for LOPA. Yes, and that's something that um, continues on. So um, even after you guys leave LSU, this is kind of like your legacy. You continue to help us save lives. Um, Joey, one of the cool things about them was that they did presentations, um, they talked to their um, students on campus, in classes. They did table sits. And um, another goal that they had set was to increase the donor registry. So, Joey, you ready for this? They increased the donor registry by 95 Oh, so, wow. You know, nine lives saved per person. Talking about over, over 800, potentially over 800 people who can be saved through life-saving organs. That is absolutely astonishing, Ashley. And thank you very much for taking us, LOPA, you know, on and donate life as, as you guys' mission. It is so important to us, and especially the idea of the benches. You know, it's something that I, I would have never thought of. You know, we're always looking yeah. for these outlets and these, you know, areas where we could just spread the word of donation and, and thank you. And it's, a, it's just quite amazing that you guys were able to increase the, the registry by that much. Yeah, we had a great time doing it. We were all really dedicated to the cause, especially after, you know, meeting some of those families that have gone through the organ donation process and hearing their stories. We were all so touched that we wanted to do anything to help. Well, you did. You are the gift that keeps on giving. And Ashley, if you just could really quickly, um, what did you know about organ donation before your project? What do you think about it now? Um, I was always pro-organ donation even before the project. I had a background in biology before I switched over to public relations. So I always kind of knew the benefits that it had in the public. Yeah. And so you continue to help us even today, which we love. We thank you. We know you're working in the advertising department and we know uh, that you are a go-getter. We appreciate it. We'll never forget you, our Magnolia Group, and we thank you for your service. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for letting us work with you. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you.
Thanks to Ashley. I am just so impressed with these students, some of whom know nothing about donation, but after learning a little bit about it, become so passionate that they take action. And it lives long after they graduate from LSU. We can replicate it in other parts of the state. It's just amazing the things that they can do. Yeah, I mean, the 800 lives that can potentially be saved just with the efforts that they put forth. Just this one group, yeah. yeah. Um, this semester, we have another crew. They're called Impact Communications. I love when they come up with it. Their, their names. Um, it's so powerful and official, right? Um, so, so far, um, we have over 65 registrations this semester, and these kiddos are planning a huge awareness event on LSU's grounds in Baton Rouge, on the parade ground, so easy to find. It's going to be a free-for-all, and they're talking about free food. So, when you mention free food, I'm to there. someone like Joey, <laughs> there. I'm there. I'm there. So they're on to something, I think. We also have Donate Life, um, LA.org. Our calendar's there for all the events. The 17th, you know what I'm, and, you know where I'm going. And don't forget, if, you, if you're on DonateLife.LA.org, you might as well check out our registry. That's right. Yes, sign up. out while you're there. Hopefully you've heard enough on this podcast to convince you, but we're going to keep talking to get you to sign up. But Blue and Green Day, I was hinting at. That's yes. on the 17th. Be crazy. Be creative. Folks spray paint hair. They dress up dogs. They do plants, they all kinds of stuff. And we love the outside the box thinking. Yes. Don't like the term, but I like outside the box <laughs> thinking, okay? Um, but again, donatelifela.org for a calendar of events. And hey, Joey, if you're on there and you're like, hey, they're not coming to a place near me, or they're not talking to people in my profession. Well, we want to know about that, yep. but we need to be invited in. So what we've done on lopa.org, so all you got to know is basically two things, donatelifela.org or lopa.org. Those are your two key resources. But under community outreach, you'll see an event speaker request form. Go on there and tell us what you want, where you are, what you do, and we'll find someone to um, fill your needs across the state. That's our job. Yep. All we need is a little help. Invite us in. Once you get a little bit, we hope that you'll be hooked for life and help us in any way possible. We have like one uh, business who will put Donate Life forms in their um, employment packets when somebody's hired. So there's lots of things that you can do, and we need your help. So sign up today. DonateLifeLA.org, Lopa.org. Those should be the two things that are on your favorites. Check them out. Help us save lives. Help us make life happen here on the Gifted Life Podcast. I'm Lori. This is Joey, and this is the Gifted Life Podcast. You know, in this busy life, things move so fast. Sometimes we don't stop to smell the roses. No. Sometimes we don't have time to stop and sign up to be an organ donor. But guess what? There will be an app for that. There Are you excited? Be, I am excited for that app. Yeah, in production, in right. development. So big news. So so you know, currently, when you guys go out to you know into the community and 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 explain donation and educate people on donation, uh, how do you register people? You know, currently. Well, there's some paper forms. A lot of folks are moving away from that. Uh, you know, it's this high-tech society we're in. So we have iPads, our iPhones. We pull up donatelifela.org. You enter your information, and bam, you're done, right? But you still have to take the time, even though it's one to two minutes to enter that information, you still take one to two minutes to do it. So with this app that's in production, in development, it's going to be even easier, right? Awesome. Yeah. So we all carry around our ID, Joey. I have mine. Sure, I have I'm going to check license. it. It has that heart on it, I hope. Yes, it all does. All right, so 
set up like at LSU. We have an event coming up. Uh, are those bigger events, maybe at a Pelicans game. We just did that. Something fun. Um, and we're educating about organ donation. Someone wants to sign up. Um, when this app is here, they'll be able to just swipe their license. Wow. Isn't that cool? That All the easy. information will go in. We'll only need your email so that you can get a confirmation saying, hey, your information is secure and you can be a hero one day. So that is so amazing technology. Like you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? I always say that. This is cool. Yeah. I mean, to, the, is it cool the, to say cool? Or? It is. <laughs> it is cool. That two, three minutes, you know, that, that you, you would have spent, you can go on, enjoying your day doing something else. You know, you can just swipe away get your confirmation on the email, and move on your way. You know, I, I work with a lot of LSU students, and they have class, they have internships, they have real jobs, they're doing these projects, and they can hardly come up to breathe, right? So I know um, that they love this because we've already discussed it, and I know that you will too. So again, it's in production, in development. We don't have a timeline for you, but know that we are pushing the envelope. Louisiana wants to be on the top of a good list, and we are because people know about donation. They're signing up for donation. Over 2.2 million people have said yes. Yeah, through this podcast, which is new, groundbreaking in itself, we're trying to reach the other half of the population. And, um, you know, we could use your help. So if you're listening, sign up, donatelifela.org for information, visit lopa.org. Like we said, visit those two, and you'll be in the know. Joe, you yes. like that? Yes, I, I like do. That too. Okay, there you go. This is the Gifted Life Podcast, and uh, we hope you stay tuned. Here on the Gifted Life Podcast, and again, I'm Lori, this is Joey, um, and this is our second episode. One of the things that we really wanted to do and drive home is that we honor our heroes. They leave a legacy we don't forget. So we thought it was important in each episode to tell you a story about a hero so that we can help inspire you. You can know a little bit more about donation through these faces. And if you go to Lopa's website, lopa.org, um, Faces of Donation, you can read more stories just like this one. Um, and this one's pretty special. We know Mom, Ryan Scott Card, is quite the hero. Yes, this hero is near and dear to my heart. Ryan Scott Card um, was riding on a four-wheeler in 1997. He was 13 years old at the time and was involved in a really bad accident. He was transported to one of the local hospitals where he later passed away. His mom, Pam Cart, had agreed to donate her son's corneas and heart for heart valves. Ryan gave sight to a 23-year-old and a 27-year-old that day. So two different people were able to uh, see almost immediately with Ryan's gift of sight. A couple years later, after his death, Pam's brother, Glenn, began dialysis. He had been a, a diabetic for years, you know, actually since the age of, of 16, and Pam and other siblings were also diabetic. And they wanted to donate to Glenn, but they couldn't because of their diabetes. For the next couple of years, uh, Glenn endured long four-hour dialysis treatments multiple times a week. He gave up his job of coaching and teaching. And then finally, on April 1st of 2001, Glenn received his second chance at life. Someone said yes, and Glenn was able to receive a transplant. Pam later, uh, a couple years later, started working for the iBank, 
and later with us at LOPA. And uh, since then has become one of the uh, best advocates and our, our uh, strongest supporters. Mm -hmm. Helping promote, mm -hmm. you know, through with funeral home education and helping promote with coroners. And, and it's so effortless for her. Effortlessly. Yeah. And she, she's actually, uh, like I said earlier, she is one of our best friends. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's certainly one of the stories that, that you know, we don't tell enough. And she's like, been doing it for so long. People across the state know Pam. And so it's kind of like, uh, you know, a little celebrity because she works right. so hard. This is her life's passion. Her life's work, she makes life happen, yes, she and does. she's so confident in what she does, and it's so effortless, and you just can't help but love her. She is a sweetheart, and and so I would like to take a, a, a pause for a moment. We would like to thank Ryan Scott Clark for the gift of life. reach the uh, question and answer segment of the Gifted Life podcast. We want to have open and healthy discussions. We want to hear from you. Info at lopa.org. We received a question. I'd like to know how a living will affects being an organ donor. And we want to tackle that here today. And so, Joey, the floor is yours. Well, a living will in general gives directives to your family whether you want to uh, remain on a ventilator in that persistent vegetative state or not or if you want to maybe have heroic measures taken like the advanced cardiac life support measures that are taken at the end uh, or not it's more geared toward those directives you can have a, a living will and still be an organ donor and that way is exactly the way that we had spoken about in our recovery segment with donation after circulatory death. For organ donation to take place through donation after circulatory death, uh, we would have to maintain on a ventilator possibly for up to 24 hours or so. But it's not a prolonged time frame, you know, like most living wills give directives against. So it's a short time period, uh, like I said earlier. We'll have to draw blood and, and of course, be able to match uh, you as a donor to potential recipients the best that we can, but it's not a time frame that's that's extended. You'll be maintained, you know, in the, on a short period of time, and we will go into the operating room to save lives, even with that living will. Yeah, and I think it's just important that we have those conversations with our family, and it could be a 30-second conversation. Hey, I was at the OMB today, and... I signed up to be a donor, so if I can help save lives, you know, it can be something as simple as that. Um, in the Baton Rouge area, we have an estate planning attorney, Paul Robillet, who joined our team. He said he was getting so many questions about organ donation, and folks wanted to put that, you know, in the will. And so he helps us say, hey, we need to have those conversations ahead of time. Let's talk about it. Let's save more lives. And so um, that is what we do. And we're here to help educate, um, to spread awareness. If you have questions, concerns, want to follow up on this conversation, anything you heard in this podcast, really, info at lopa.org, info at lopa.org. Joey will be up all night waiting, you know, to hear from you, right? I will. Okay. Yes, indeed. All right. We come to the close of episode two here of the Gifted Life podcast. So I'm excited. 
breaking new ground. Always love that. I want to thank our guests today. We had Ashley Porcuna. She was one of our LSU go-getters, our LSU students who helped to make life happen. Over 800 lives saved because of the campaign that they did. I mean, incredible. Then we talked to your buddy, Sean Paul. Yes, Sean Paul Harrison, about all of our donor, Donate Life or Donate Awareness uh, initiatives that are happening at the hospitals. Yeah, we want to thank all of you for listening. Um, please share what you're learning here. Tell folks that we have this podcast. I mean, you can really get it anywhere. Um, and check out lopa.org and donatelife.org for information. And hey, you may say, why don't we talk about this? Or I have a question about this. We want to hear from you. Yep. If you've got any suggestions, yeah. yeah. If you've got any suggestions, anything you, any topics you want us to talk about, let us know at info at lopa.org. Yeah. We want to answer your questions. We want to have a healthy discussion about donation, and we want you to make an educated decision. That's what it's all about. We appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. This is the Gifted Life. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.